It is the 30th day of the Omer now, and we are beginning the fourth parak of Shvi'it in the Mishnah Yomi. The first Mishnah reads, Barishona Hayu Omrim. Originally, they used to say, Milokit Adam Eitzim Vavanim Ve'asavim Metoch Shalo. A man can gather wood, sticks for firewood, and stones, stones for building, and asavim uh, for father or for other permitted uses from his own field. The same way he collects from the field of his fellow, et hagos hagos, meaning the large ones. So by taking the large sticks that are suitable for firewood, or the large stones that are suitable for building, as we saw in the last parak, it's obvious that what he's doing is he's not clearing the field in preparation for plowing or planting, but he's taking usable materials off of the field. So originally we let people take the big pieces off their own field, but the problem was if someone was working on his own field, not really working, but gathering on his own field, he would be very tempted to take the small pieces also and then claim, well, I was just taking the big ones and happen to, yeah, he has an excuse because he's allowed to take the big ones off his field. He might come to take the small ones also. And that's exactly what happened. Mission continues, Misha Rabu Ovre Avera. When the ones who were uh, over on Shemitah, they were breaking Shemitah, increased, Hitkinu, they made a Takana, that a person had to collect only from the somebody else's field. So if somebody needed firewood, he couldn't go to his own field because there's such a temptation when you're taking the big pieces that are suitable for the fire, you also clear off the small pieces in preparation for plowing and planting. It's a, it's a taiva, you know, it's as well. So I'm grabbing the big ones, I'll grab the small ones also. So the takana in response to people actually doing so was that you could only clear in somebody else's field not clear or mostly but gather the permitted firewood from somebody else uh, and someone would gather from some from somebody else shalobatova and shalobatova means not getting something in return somebody wasn't you know giving giving a gift in return for gathering the firewood off the field or they weren't, didn't have a quid pro quo arrangement where one person says, yeah, I'll gather from your field and you'll gather from mine, wink, wink. And then they would both clear off the small sticks as well and the stones in preparation for plowing. And we don't even have to say, that you couldn't feed a person who came to gather sticks on your field. You couldn't you know, feed him lunch in return for the favor that he's done of clearing off your field because then people would be tempted to have a sort of a uh, quid pro quo where they would end up clearing more than was permitted and the clearing would really be effectively in preparation for plowing and planting. So we see that unfortunately sometimes historically and we see today there is a temptation to find workarounds or cheats on Shvi'is and that the sages have to be sensitive and aware of what's going on and figure out a way to, you know, fix the situation. So there's a continuation of that theme in Mishnah Beis, Sode Shenik Kavtsa, a field that was dethorned. Kotzim are thorns, so this was Nitkavtsa, the thorns were removed. Tizra B'Motishvies. So even though someone's not supposed to take out the thorns on his field, 
there's no penalty. The rabbis didn't have a knas, uh, a penalty, a punishment for someone who did so. There's also clearing thorns. Is It's good to not have thorns in your field if you just want to walk through your field or if people gathering the aftergrowth, which is mutter, to take the aftergrowth that grows by itself in the seventh year. So we don't penalize somebody who removed the thorns from the field, even though that is a preparatory step for working in the eighth year. We would allow him to plow and plant normally in the eighth year. The Mishnah continues, though, Shinetaiva, if he had really improved the field, for instance, he plowed it, he plowed it nicely, cleared it off uh, in violation of the rabbinical rule, Oshinidaira, or he was dire there, meaning he penned the animals in there, and we saw when we were talking about dung heaps, it was permitted not to fertilize the entire field, but to let the animals be penned in a certain place and then stack up the dung and put the animals in a different place, but to have the animals ranging freely over the field and fertilizing it and not making dung heaps and not fencing them off, that's a problem. That's Nidaira. So they fertilize the entire field. So there's a penalty there. Lo tizra b'motza eshvit. They were not allowed to plant this field motza shvit because they had done illegal work during shvit to prepare it for the planting motza shvit. So they a field that was improved, you can't eat those fruits during Shviyas, because someone's done something illegal to the field on Shviyas, and as a kanas, no one can eat from it. And when we say eat from it, we say eat the, the Sfichim. Sfichim is aftergrowths that are coming by themselves. Nobody planted them on Shviyas, uh, and so it's mutter to eat them. However, if we see somebody is doing shtick, that's the technical term, I think, on his field during Shvit, he's doing saying things that are not so appropriate on Shvit, and we're worried maybe he's planting something else on Shvit, and a person who goes there to eat the Hefker aftergrowths might come to eat something that's that's uh, really been planted on Shvit. But Hilo Omrim Ochlin, but Hilo says we're not concerned with that, he could actually go ahead and eat it. Betilo holds the halacha that even if somebody did something, Osir, broke Shvit, and, you know, and spilled some seeds, wink, wink. During Shvit, it's not Asr Deraisa to actually eat them. We don't want that to happen, but the during Shvit, everyone's field is Hefker, and we allow people to go in. That's, that's the Din Torah, and we're not concerned that that somebody might have done that. Beit Shammai Omrim, in Ochlin Perot Shvit Betova. Beit Shammai says, we can't eat Shvit Perot Shvit. This means, again, the aftergrowth, so that are mutter, that grew by themselves, no one planted them. Betova, meaning you don't go in and say thank you so much and shake the hand of the owner and be, and tell him, you know, I, I really appreciate it. Betil omrim ochlin betova, shlo betova. Betil says you could either eat with tova or not tova. You could say thank you to the person whose field you're going in or whose orchards you're going in and, and taking some fruit from or not. You don't have to say thank you, but you could. It's not a problem. Rabbi Yehuda Merchilo for the Varim. Yehuda says change around the words. Uh, change the opinions. Zomi kule beit shamai umechumrei beit chilol. This is actually one of the kulas of beit shamai. He, he would say you don't have to. You could or you couldn't say thank you. And one of the chumras of beit chilol. And there's another girsa uh, that corresponds to this, where beit shamai says in ochlin perot shvit ella betova. You can only eat perot shvit, the mutter afterwards, if you say thank you, if you say you appreciate the owner. And this would be done even though it kind of looks like, you know, you're patting him on the back. But it's such an important thing to remember to say please and thank you, even during Shvi'it, 
when the Torah, when Hashem makes the entire land hefker and makes it available for anyone, but to say thank you to the person, the man who really owns this field, the man whose land you're, you know, you would be trespassing if it weren't Shvi'it, but you're allowed to go because the Torah allows you to go. So to say thank you is such an important thing. So you remember to say please and thank you. So you remember your manners. It's, it's such an important uh, lesson that Beit Shemai says, might say, Ela betoba. Shkoyach